All right. Now we are going to bring Scott Stevens in. Very, very excited for this. I can't tell you how excited I am. Uh, you were so excited before the show started. Scott, how Hello. are you, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Um, we are good. Good ladies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we are good. Very happy to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. Of course, I loved you before you were doing all your writing and producing uh, with the Exes. Uh, Thanks, man. We, we, we got to share a little story uh, when I was trying to get you on the show about a, a show that was done at in Pascagoula, Mississippi at Thunder's Tavern where we had a gun pulled on us in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, if you really, really think about that, we I mean, it could have all ended. Yep. So easily. I mean, that guy was seconds away from opening... You know, open fire, man. I don't understand. Yeah. What I can't remember is how the police got there so quickly. It's like they were just around the corner. Because <laughs> they, they were. It was Thunder's Tavern and Thunder, Thunder was in good with the police. I'm sure that he said, hey, we've got a good crowd. You might want to hang out a little close. Right. Because it didn't take long for them to pull into that parking lot. I mean, it didn't take any time. I, I just remember everything kind of going in slow motion as I watched him pop his trunk and pull out this assault rifle. And I was like, wait, what's happening? And I looked over at Brad because I was in Brad's truck. Right. Listening to his next record. We were listening to Rough Mixes. And I was like, what the, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and this guy has a, a thing and he's floating in the magazines and all of a sudden the, the cops show up and it's all diffused but uh that's a that's a situation that no one ever you know wants to relive and i actually hadn't uh thought of it until you thanks <laughs> you brought that bad memory back up to the side way to go kev yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to seem like some random dude messaging him. So I wanted to remind him of who I was if he remembered. And I, but that was the only moment that that I could think that would stick out in anybody's head of that night. Yeah. So that's definitely yeah. a moment that you're never well, gonna forget, especially when you're moving in slow-mo, life going before your eyes. But Scott, yeah. I want to show this to you. I still have it. Here what? it comes. Oh shit, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have that too somewhere with all my laminates. Cool, man. But yeah, that's uh that's that's my little claim to fame. Nice. So but yeah, I love it. It worked though. It worked. Story it, it, it should be uh, uh, more significant than that. Because <laughs> I don't think that happens to too many people. No, that no, it doesn't. So but let's 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 move on past that. Yeah. And let's move on to where we're at now. Um Take us so the the exes, I guess I don't want to say ended, but the exes stopped putting music out. But then you just recently released some new stuff under the ex under the exes. Tell me about that. Well, like as you said, uh, the, you know the exes just kind of stopped. It it uh, we never officially broke up. It just kind of. I don't know. It just it, we just kind of all took a break, and everybody started. To, you know, to do other things. And, and I, I got into, you know, writing and producing and, you know, learning pro tools and how to craft songs for other people. And, you know, that took years um, 
to cut, you know, I, it, I mean, this is what I do now, but I, it doesn't even matter how many songs I've written or uh, how, how much success I've had. I think every new song is, I'm, I'm just, you know, back at ground zero and cause it's, they're all different. So, and it's a code to crack and uh, I never follow a formula. So um, it's always a challenge and, and a good challenge, but um, yeah, man, I, I mean, this this last song that I put out, Spirits High, in January was to commemorate the 20th uh, anniversary of Inertia, which was our major label debut. And I just kind of wanted to um, put something back, you know, out there. Look, pe people have been hitting me for years on, on various DMs for, like, when some new stuff coming. Are you guys finished forever? that kind of a thing. And I never really knew what to say. And it wasn't until the year before that Chad Nicefield from the band Wilson, which I love those guys. And I, I produced their last record. And I, I, I did this song with them called dump truck. And he was the one that made me aware. And he said, you've got like 300,000 people following the X's. And I was like, that's, how is that possible? You know, and we haven't done anything in, you know, at that time, I think like, you know, 16, 17 years or something. And uh, that kind of started me thinking uh, as well as what happened in, you know, to all of us in COVID and the downtime. And, you know, I started to feel really boxed in and I started to kind of like write these diary songs that were kind of coping mechanisms to help me get through this shit. And, you know, they started to form and there's, there was a batch of them. It was like five or six, you know, and Spirits High was the first one that I completed and it felt kind of optimistic because of the situation that we were all in, but yet a little bit like, uh, what the fuck, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know really how to proceed with my life because I've never been taught how to, you know, <laughs> live at home 24 seven with somebody and you know never go anywhere so right. it, it became an adjustment period and and it kind of went into that song and when i was done um you know i just i figured you know what the 20th anniversary is coming up my band wanted to do something on the 10th anniversary and i just didn't want to do it i was too busy producing and i was too busy writing with other people and i felt kind of bad about that you know so I, I wanted to make up for it i wanted to make some amends and and say like hey guys i got this idea you know you want to flush it out and like let's figure it out and nobody really wanted to kind of really jump in back into that pond yet because everybody moved on in their life you know and freddie's in everclear and yeah. Dennis, my drummer is uh you know a, a uh, senior VP at Universal for catalogs and works with Paul McCartney and, you know, people like that. And I just took it upon myself to kind of finish the song in the best way that I felt like represented everybody in the band and what they would normally play because I spent so much time with them. This is what Freddie would do. And this is what Dennis would do. And this is what David would do and kind of just was patient. And it took me like two years of, you know, messing with it to be, so that it would be something, you know? And when I was done, I was like, well, 
let's just see what happens and maybe people will like it. And, and it was received really well by the fans. And um, it's very encouraging to, you know, think about doing more because of that. So uh, I didn't really realize that I had needed that after working with, you know, Hailstorm and Shinedown and nothing more and Johnny Stevens from Highly Suspect and all these people that I've worked with, Skillet and, you know, like, it felt good to to have my voice again, I guess, you know, and to say something that, that I felt. And, um, you know, some people seem to be relating to it. So I guess that's as good as it gets. Well, <laughs> if you'll, if you'll do us the pleasure, I'd like to play a little bit of the lyric video, if that's okay. So people watching yeah. can, can, can hear some of the, the, the newest stuff from you. So here you go, guys. It's uh, spirits high. It's the X's check it out. You're watching this out. Well, I will say that uh, you definitely nailed that that XE sound. Hey, you definitely cool. nailed that. Thanks, man. <laughs> that was good. That was really good, man. That's that's killer. Thank you, thank you. Maybe, maybe came from a little bit of a dark place uh, uh, during during the lockup. Is that what that was? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. it's you know, I you know, you're always they you know how uh, whether you're a spiritual person or whatever it is, religious this or that. You're always supposed to kind of be where you where you are, you know, yeah. and and I'm contemplating that when COVID was the sh you know shut down. Not just me; it was everybody I knew, my sister, my brother, my family, my my mother, my father, and everybody trying to cope with like what what is this new reality, this new existence, and I mean, is this where I'm supposed to be right now? And and that kind of you know. I guess that maybe a sullen optimism, <laughs> like I, this sucks, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that we're going to get through it. And, and that's kind of where it all sp sprung from, you know, just my own insecurities. And uh, like I said, I, I didn't ever meant for that song to come out. It was more of like a diary coping mechanism and, and it just seemed to, keep developing and the lyrics just seem to be, you know, uh, so blunt. And I finally started to make peace with it and go, I wonder if there's other people that feel the way I do here. I mean, there's gotta be, you know, and before I knew it, I, I had the song and and there it is. And, and I put it out and I hope you feel something. I hope you see yourself in it some, somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did 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 I hear you right though? Did did the other guys chime in on that, or you kind of like tried to em emulate what you thought they would have done? Is that was that that song? Yeah, that okay. that was me just trying to emulate what what everybody might do because, like I said, I I reached out to David, who's no longer with us. You know, he he passed, and um, I had spoken to him the year before uh, and said, I have this song that's kind of like unfinished. And I think, I think the fans that were with us back in, you know, back in the day that they, they might like it, you know, and he just, he didn't really want to rehash the past. And, and I, you know, so I didn't push. And I, I think I took that as a sign is that everybody's kind of moved on and you know what, I'll just do this because I, I just, I'll do it for the sake of doing it. And right. there it is. But, you know, I was with those guys for 13 years of my life. So I feel like I, I know, I know their styles. I know how they perceive music. Um, and it was fun, even though it was kind of, uh, it wasn't easy doing that because I hadn't, I hadn't even sang a song in, I don't know, 15 years.
or 16 years. So finding, you know, that voice again and doing it was, was no easy task. I think I, I quit like twice and cursed <laughs> the world. You, and <laughs> yeah, that's how you know it's working. Yeah, fuck this. I'm not doing fuck it. This fucking <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you're so, on to something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> what, what, what <laughs> secret you got to hate it. I don't know. What's uh what 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 was it like? Kevin and I were or mentioned at the beginning of the show, and I was actually looking it up too before we went live. Like all the stuff that you've been a part of, what's the what's it like writing for other people or with other people versus doing something for yourself? That seems kind of more difficult. I I would think depending on where you're at in the game. Like you know, do you are you going from no idea with these people to finish song, or are they bringing stuff into you as well? Like. Can you paint that picture for us? Yeah, I mean, it, it really has no set way that it gets done. Um, you know, when I do, when I work with like Lizzie, like she and I will, before a record cycle starts, you know, we'll start texting each other and we'll we'll share a note. Um, I'm sharing a note like right now with Lilith Czar and Dorothy too, because I'm like, I want to know like what you're thinking about and like, you know, what inspires you? What, you know, is there a title? Is there a, you know, is it a song? Is it a TV show? Is it something that somebody said, or is it a quote or, you know, that kind of a thing. And um, once you kind of get enough of that information kind of going, you know, I, I always have to kind of like perceive, you know, how they sound to me. And, and then I just have to be like bold and say, you know, this is how I think that this this feels like a hailstormy riff. Like, what do you think? And then she'll either say, yeah, or she'll say no, <laughs> you know, and you know, it's, it's kind of hit or miss. And sometimes, you know, she and I've had a, a, a really great partnership over the years. And, um, you know, we have a lot of songs that nobody's ever heard that kind of suck, you know, but then there's, there's good songs, you know, like Miss the Misery and Miss Hyde and Apocalyptic and Back from the Dead and the Steeple and, you know, all, terrible things and, you know, those, those songs, but it's there's, you just named so off my Spotify playlist. Huh? <laughs> I said, it seems like you just named off my Spotify playlist, <laughs> you know? So, you know, with every artist, it's different. And, and it took me a while because I was in a band and I, you know, I was just writing for myself and I, I actually, I actually kind of got a little bit of a schooling in uh, writing for others when I didn't know that it was happening, I was on tour with Motley Crue in 2005 and I started writing songs um, backstage on days off with Nikki and started demoing them on Tommy Lee's bus. And those songs turned into 6am songs oh, with wow. James Michaels okay. and James Michaels was my producer for my last Exes record. And so it became this kind of like weird incestual kind of, we're all, we don't really realize what we're doing, but we, we kind of formed this little tribe and, and we started to, you know, write what would be 6am, you know, some of the starts for those songs. And that's where I, I got my first like taste of what it's like to write for somebody else. And even though I always put myself in there because I feel like it's something I have to feel too. And For something sure. that hopefully that they feel, you know, and 
or if they're coming at me, then I have to assimilate and get into what they're feeling. Like Lizzie will say, I want to write a song about us coming together like a church of rock and roll. And then we write the steeple, you know, this, this idea comes like out of her head and I'm like, okay, you know, I got to figure out how to contribute to what she wants. And, uh, you know, it just comes through practice. It's like anything, you know, you just got to do it a lot. And, you know, there's a, there's a period right now. I'm going to produce a new Dorothy record. That's, you know, we haven't even started yet, but like the preliminary, notes and the preliminary you know she and i are on the phone every week and we're talking about things she's into and where do we want to take it and what do we want to take chances on and what do we know we need you know to do and it's those kinds of you know building blocks that make it all kind of happen and there's no one like this is how it's done you know it's right. just a, it's a bunch of different little things that i have to corral and i have to i'm in the service business i have to help Lizzie and Dorothy and Johnny and Brent Smith and people realize what they want to do. And I'm, I got to support it. And sometimes I'm lucky enough to come in with, I got an idea. It's called back from the dead. What do you think? And she's like, I love it. And then there we go, you know, and, um, and we work on it, you know, and how did you love with shine down, you know, and like uh, Brent and I talked about the, what that meant and the philosophy behind it. And, you know, and uh, it, those are all magical moments that the public doesn't really get to see, but that's how the songs are born, you know, and it's conversations and it's, it's openness and, uh, and taking chances and daring to suck. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of music though. The whole process of it, man. Yeah, for sure. it is definitely. Yeah, sure. So, so seeing it, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. With working with all these, you know, big artists like Lizzie and Shine Down and stuff, and you're working on these tracks, does it light an inner fire in yourself to want to be back out on that stage? I'm not gonna lie, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, yeah. I mean, I remember we we had a we had a song called Ugly that did pretty well at radio. I think it got top five and I remember we played in Kansas City and it was like 40,000 people or something. And they were singing that song back to me. And that was the greatest rush I'd it's ever a drug in my life. It's it's a a drug. Drug. As soon as you brought it up, first thing that popped in my head is, are you ugly like me? And I'm like, God, that song was so good. <laughs> I was listening to it. I got it pulled up right here. I was listening to it before I hopped in with y'all. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. And yeah, that was like, just that one. I remember the first time was at BuzzFest and it was, we played, I think at two o'clock in the afternoon, which is not great as you, you know, like nobody's really, but it was packed. And we, when nobody stood up, everybody was kind of disinterested. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It, when, and when we launched into that song, everybody stood up and I kind of lost my shit. I just yeah. kind of, I kind of, I got overwhelmed and I didn't cry or anything, but I, I couldn't do anything. I was just like, what? What's happening? And I realized that I had been playing the chord progression like for eight bars. And finally, like, my guitar player looked at me and was like, fucking go into the song already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I mean, once you feel that, sure, I miss it. But I love it when I can stand side stage and watch a band I've worked with perform a song that we wrote together and see people giving it back i mean it's amazing it's unbelievable 
that, that's you know I've I've never uh, been top five uh, on Billboard, but you know writing songs like like people that don't do that you don't realize like there is that other feeling too. It's probably not 40,000 people singing your song back, but when you go from that first idea to finish song, listening back to it with a good mix, there's a feeling there too. That's like, sure. watching, you know, it's like your baby was just born, you know, and you get to hear it. So there is that. So I, I understand what you're doing there with producing with other people. Like I, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah, man. The minute that it does what you just said, Jared is like, you, you realize it's not yours anymore. Yeah. It's going to be everybody's now. And that's a weird fucking situation right there. You're like, oh, I got to let it go. It's kind of letting a parent, like apparently letting a kid leave home or something like, look, that's way more significant. Of course, you know, parents. Right, 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 right. But it's, it's like an analogy. It's an analogy version of that. This is something you've crafted and who knows, like sometimes you're working on shit for five months and then, I'll, or it sits for a year. Like, that Spirits High song was like two and a half years and all of a sudden it's out. And I was really, really nervous 24 hours before that. And then I, I think we heard from Denmark and like Italy and people were digging it. And I was like, this is blowing my mind, you know? And, and then you feel, you know, elated and you feel relieved and, you know, it's, it's done. It's done. I mean, I think though, from the fan perspective, I'm a, I'm a huge Shinedown fan and Howdy Loves one of my favorite, favorite tracks by them. So yeah. as a fan, when I'm standing out there at my umpteenth Shinedown show, singing that song back, I mean, the, your lyrics, those words literally transform people's lives. Whether you realize it or not, you're transforming somebody's life. You are bringing them from maybe way down here to way up here. You're, you're making them think things out in a different perspective, you know? So I think from a fan perspective, it's also important to hear what good that's doing for other people as well. Thank you so much. I, 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 you know, whether I'm starting something myself or starting something with a co-write, it always starts in a real personal level and I need it just like you need it. I need it too, to get through whatever I'm going through and whatever struggles I might be facing at that time. And it's medicine. It really is. And mm -hmm. I feel uh, very lucky that I'm able to 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 work with such talented people um, and to have started out in the business from that perspective of the stage, you know, and be able to like understand what it is to be in the audience because I'm eternally a fan forever. I mean, it's I'm the guy that's I just want to do that, you know, and I just want to relate to the lyric and I don't care if I wrote it or not or had a hand in it or not. When it hits, like when I heard Second Chance by Shinedown, I was just like, Ugh. fuck, <laughs> you know, and it just, it really hit a chord with me. And I was just like, damn, man, that is just the best fucking song. And it just has the right thing. And, you know, you want to make your parents proud and not everybody does, but, you know, a lot of people do. And that, that one just hit me, you know, um, like countless others. Oh. Wow. I mean, do you have a favorite? that you've worked on or do you have a, a, a story about one that maybe was so challenging that it almost didn't make it, but then it did. Jeez. There's lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of them. Yeah, right. Favorite one. <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I'd have a favorite. Um, I will say one of the toughest songs, the initial things that happened, happened quickly, but the refining of, this is the time 
Oh, I love nothing that. more was really uh, challenging <laughs> to the point where you're like, you guys just got to go off and write the bridge without me because we can't seem to make it work. And they did. Um, those guys are kind of muso-y, you know, like they, they, they're very good on their instruments and they wanted something more than what we were doing in that moment. But just getting all the lyrics right and getting the chorus to be right and the pre-chorus and the, and just everything from the arrangement to, to be what you know it as was, I think it was like five sessions or six sessions and then a break and then more sessions and then evaluating the bridge. Do you like this? No, I don't like that. Let's try this. I mean, it had to be eight to 10 sessions to make that song work. So that's probably the longest one. Wow. Well, thank you for that. That's, yeah. my, that's my favorite song. Whenever, whenever I go to see nothing more and they, I hear those opening, you know, the opening notes of that song. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, the whole crowd goes absolutely manic for that song. So of course I went manic. They came in with the riff and it was called walking blind. That was oh. the name of the song. Okay. And, Makes sense. And, and we were like, okay. And, and I remember the hook just went walking blind like that. And I think I was the one who went walking blind. You know, like I said, I think I was like, what would Serge do from System? He would do something weird, <laughs> you know? And 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 he, we took the note up and that's what it was called for, for the longest time. And then after the bridge was written, the music of the bridge was written without me. I think I think Johnny changed it to this is the time. And yeah, and, yeah it's great. So. Th those little stories like that though mm -hmm. knowing those stories behind songs that's fucking cool to me too you know what i mean yeah. like sure. you get a di different perspective than everybody else so sharing them here right. today like people will know that now it's that that's awesome cool yeah, right next time i go to see shine that or nothing more i'll have a little bit you know like I, yeah I it's like that little I, right? yeah it's exactly. really just the way you look at the song a little bit doesn't it yes yeah it does. I, I mean i did the, i did how did you love right in this room and and my microphone is right there and i remember that brent was like sitting over here as i was kind of playing the piano i just had the piano and i was kind of humming some stuff and we didn't really have much and all of a sudden he just goes like this and he just comes up and he's like okay let's go you know and, <laughs> and he sat right here and we just worked on it and that song like two days we were done and he was on that mic cutting and I think the demo was the final vocal. When I turned it into, it was like, I don't have any changes. Let's just go and track the band now. Let's let's figure out like everybody's got to put their parts on it. And so I I was chosen to produce it. And you know, everybody came in and you know, Zach and Barry and Eric and they all did their thing. And then I came back here and I put it all together. That was a tough one too. That was 27 mixes to get it to where you know it. Wow. wow. 27 mix passes. Jesus. That's like, wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, write a book, please. Yeah. I want to read it. <laughs> you could. You could. I want to read it from front to back. Don't leave anything out. I know okay. it probably is going to take you at least a decade. It probably oh, take me five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But those That's... moments are so great. They're so special. And everybody's so raw in those moments, too. And everybody's just like, sure. Lizzie's up there. She's in her stilettos and she's killing it. But there's like these vulnerable moments that we're all just like trying to figure out what it is, you know, and get inside each other's heart and our head and, and make something happen, you know, and ultimately 
they're the you know the vehicle they're the ones that do this and i'm just trying to help them with their ideas and you know make it as real as possible because they're the ones that have to translate this out there to everybody like you and me you know if i if i sang back from the dead it would sound stupid <laughs> you know but lizzie does it and it's like wow it's awesome you know and that's it's amazing you know, yeah. she knows what she's doing she knows who she is and what she wants and well and she has a way to express her her style of emotion through her style of vocal you know what i mean and yeah. you do the same with yours just in a different way yeah i could sing her something and then she just lizzieifies it you know just right. like she just does it you know and yeah and 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 it comes out magical wow what a career so I, a life I, <laughs> I think the takeaway here is write the book how did how did the the four horsemen come to be that's a good story too um okay so i believe i'm going to try to get this right um okay so before i really became a songwriter and i was in a band and i was transitioning out of being in the band I met two guys at a Super Bowl party that said they liked my band and we were just talking and they were like, do you want to do a co-write with us? We're, uh, we're doing a record and this guy named Marty Fredrickson's producing it. I was like, I heard of Marty. I know he's, he's done like Def Leppard and he's done like Mick Jagger, Tina Turner and, you know, freaking legends and stuff like that. And, and he's like, yeah, come over you know, uh, next weekend. And so I, I did. And, and that's when I met Marty. Um, and that was kind of like my first foray into writing, producing without any help from anybody else. And, and it didn't come out very good, <laughs> you know, but you know, you got to try, you got to start. And so Zach Malloy, who's another horseman, his very first co-write was with Marty Fredrickson. My first co-write outside of being in a band ever was with Zach Malloy. He's in a band called the Nixons. And Blair Daly, who's the other horseman, he's death. Um, he's death. Zach is famine. I'm, what am I? I'm conquest and Marty is war. <laughs> and Blair, I knew from James Michaels. Because he'd written with James for some of the 6AM stuff and Kelly Clarkson songs. And, uh, you know, like... Uh, songs like you know some country stuff and like uncle cracker and this and that so he was like a, an association i didn't really know him until we really started to to get together but we all kind of knew each other from these pockets and oddly four years ago i was uh i bought a house in nashville and i had zach and blair come over to help me like christen my little writing studio, which kind of looks like this place, but it's a little bigger because the house there's bigger. But we christened the, the studio with a writing session and had a beer and this and that. And in that time we were hanging out, somebody said, my publishing deal's up. And in like October or something. And so this was August. And I said, oh, yeah, mine's going to be up too in November. And uh, Zach was like, I'm out of mine next month. And um I said, God, wouldn't it be funny if we formed a little like publishing writing entity, uh, 
you know, because we we've all kind of written together or inadvertently we've done things on projects with other producers and we're our songs are on these records. And Marty um, had a pool party that Sunday. This was on a Friday. And I remember texting Zach and Zach texted Blair and said, let's all go to Marty's pool party on Sunday. So we went and we were kind of sitting around and, and Marty he didn't have a publishing deal. He didn't really want one. He, you know, he's a very self-contained writer producer and has already made his millions. So <laughs> um, we were, I, I made a joke and I said, Hey, what do you think about like the four of us getting together to become a writing producing team? And we'll call ourselves the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And Zach took it really serious. Whereas none of us kind of did. And I forgot about it for like two weeks. And Zach called me when I was back in LA and said, Remember that joke you made? Four horsemen, da da da. I think there's something to it. And I think we should put together a one sheet of what it would be and what we're looking for and who would pay for this and da da da. And about a month went by, kind of was like cold. And then he kept on poking everybody and we started to kind of talk about it more. And before I knew it, we had a one sheet with a dollar amount and, you know, who, what each of us had done. And it was kind of like, let's send it out. And we sent it out and it was, it was crickets for a minute. And then I think BMG or yeah, BMG was the first one. It was Will Hoffman who manages nothing more. And he was like, I really like this concept. So tell me about it. And I was like, well, this is how we'll do it. And blah, 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 blah. Um, and he took it to uh, some, some head at, you know, in New York. And they were like, yeah, I don't know. Rock, you know, hard to make a buck blah 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 and and but will was like yeah but these guys are on everybody's records and we should try this thing and so they passed and another month went by and a guy named josh Cruz, who owns roundhill publishing contacted marty he was a friend of marty's he'd been floating around nashville this this one sheet and he's like i want to do that you're part of this 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 four horsemen thing Let's have a meeting. So we had a meeting and he's like, I'm all in, let's go. And he funded us and we, we built it and we made t-shirts and we just started it, you know? And I think the very first cut we got wasn't all of us. It was just Zach. It was a COVID song by Shinedown. Help me. Atlas Falls. Atlas Falls, which was off of the Amaryllis record. And that kind of kickstarted things. And Josh was like, whoa, we already have a song. He's like, yeah, but this was published by somebody else. So you don't get the publishing on this one. But, you know, it wasn't soon after that, that like, you know, Hellstorm started to happen and Aaron started to happen and Dorothy started to happen and these things. And before we knew it, we had figured out how to kind of work together. Who did what? Who took the production responsibilities? Who took the writing, you know, maybe a, like all four of us on a writing or, or two of you. And then the two of us that are producing it kind of hone it and finish it and how to divide that up and make it fair for the artists so that they still get money uh, on their publishing side. And, and it just, it became a well-oiled machine after about a year. And I think we had seven number ones. It was in the last two and a half years. And, you know, I don't even know, 20 top tens maybe. Um, yeah. So it just and it worked, out, worked out for the other guy, didn't it? <laughs> they bought, they <laughs> yeah. 
And we just, we all know each other. We've all been in the business so long and everybody has a little bit something different. And so we lean on each other and, you know, this, the whole new Aaron Jones record, Marty and I produced it and the four horsemen wrote it with Aaron and Aaron wrote some songs himself, of course, but like, that's a perfect example. And then, you know, rest in peace is a four horsemen song from Dorothy and black sheep. And, you know, the hailstorm record was just me with Lizzie, but um, you know, uh, dead don't die is Zach and Blair and Brent and those guys, you know, and, so just we just kind of interchange and we just go where we're needed and and nobody gets butt hurt if they're not on a song and it just we contribute where we can and you know we're at like I think six or seven billion streams together with all of our stuff. It's pretty cool. Congratulations, man! That's an accomplishment. Yeah! Wow! Thank you. What an achievement! I yeah. Without them, you know, like team man is everything. Right. Like this, this yeah. is all of us. You know, making this work. So. Uh, you know, no man, no woman is an island. And it, it, it really, I never thought something like this would be possible. I think I kind of wanted it to be, but it, it's amazing to be able to have people to work with like this, you know, Scott, we could, we could, we could talk for hours with you, man. I know I could for sure. I got a thousand right. more questions, but I, yeah. I think we got Molly waiting. Yeah, uh, we do. <laughs> Um, I, I do want to say one one thing though to, to 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 piggyback on that. We have a magazine that we're starting uh, in August. It's it's digital first, and and then we're going to see where it goes, whether it goes to print. But we would love to pick your brain on some on some music stuff, insider stuff, uh, publishing, and and you know just everything, man. If it's something you could you could be into, we could shoot you some emails. Absolutely, uh, I'll, I'll help you guys out with anything you want. You know. It, 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 that would be great. Thank that would you. be yeah, great. Maybe we should do a thing too in the future where we get the four horsemen on here and you guys will have a man just d dedicate. I mean, there's so many hours of stories from shine down to Mick Jagger. I mean, it's like, we will give you the whole hour. I just, I just got, I just got goosebumps. You just tell me when. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, you get your guys lined up and we will be digitally we'll be there. So we're in. Cause that, I can listen to those stories for like for days, man, for yes. real. So, Great. I love yeah, that. I'll make sure I have a word processor or something nearby where I can type as quickly yeah. as you want. <laughs> right. a, court, a court reporter. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's all recorded. That's the beauty of the internet, baby. Well, we right. have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to just transcribe. transcribe, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 2023. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thank God. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on here. I'm glad uh, that y'all didn't get shot that night, but I'm glad Kevin... Y'all have that story to remember. Yeah, with. I'm glad, Kevin. I mean, amazing. Thank you for reminding me of that and how 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 blessed it is to feel alive after something yeah. like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And here we are talking all these years later. Um, and thanks for playing the, the the lyric video. I really really appreciate that very much. Thank you. Absolutely. No, I love it. Love it. Yeah, thank you for being yeah, here. Yeah, look, I'll send you a message. We'll figure out how to do this again because we're down. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Kevin, Jared. Matt, Lisa, thank you so much. I'm looking thank forward you. to you. Guys yeah, man, pleasure was ours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Good night. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. We really appreciate the support. If you want to stay up to date with all the things we're doing here at The Sound, be sure to download our free radio app. It's in the App Store or Google Play. Just type in The Sound 228. It'll come right up. Download it on your phone. Listen to all the killer new music that Kevin and I are trying to promote to the masses. You can stay up to date with all of our social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can also download the episodes of the podcast and the Homegrown Show. 
all right there inside of the app. Go download it now. You won't be disappointed. And once again, we are the sound. We are New Rock.